Are you searching for the direction to succeed at the business of life? Struggling with debt, decisions, stress, or just trying to find the right mentor? Look no further, because your host, Paul Ciarto, is giving you the non-negotiable life lessons to get on the right path to building perpetual wealth and establishing the never-broken mindset. So over the past few episodes, we have been focusing on how we activate the survival mindset. And last episode, we chatted with Chaz Bolera, who was a certified hypnotherapist who really went into the model of visualizing, putting yourself into a deep thought situation where you can really take a look at what the situation is and go through different tactics and strategies to deal with the situation, no matter if it was a a life situation, a personal situation, a business situation, and so on. And today, I wanted to kind of recap um, where I came from, some situations that I dealt with in my past that helped reinforce this survival mindset. And as I stated in the past, um, you know, I, I would find myself at times curled up in a in a in a little ball as a kid, uh, just waiting until my my dad walked into the uh, the room and uh, proceeded with whatever action he uh, he felt, you know, was uh, was was you know on his mind at the time. And for me. That survival mindset kicked in, curling up into a ball and, you know, allowing myself to uh, deal with whatever abuse was about to happen. And, you know, I didn't have to, uh, I wasn't trained to do that. I, I, I didn't have to think about it. It just happened. Same thing uh, regarding the, uh, the individual that I, uh, I tried to uh, bring out that survival mindset by putting my hand to his throat and by the time I started squeezing, what happened? His hands came up and pulled my hands away. And again, that survival instinct really kicked in. Um, today, I wanted to uh, I wanted to really dive deeper into this survival mindset. And I started searching for people that I may know, people in business, people in life. And I sat back and said, you know, I don't know anyone who has been through the situations I've been through, the chaos that I have been through, except for my family. So, um, so I, I, I went ahead and chatted with my own brother, and uh, I asked him to uh, to come on the show today, and you know, help me, help me, uh, you know, encapsulate this this survival mindset of, you know, not just from what I've gone through, but you know, with things he has gone through and how he has been, been, you know, been able to release that survival mindset. So, uh, so with me today, I have my brother, Henry Ciardo, and, um, you know, I wanted to go ahead and ask him a few questions and, uh, you know, uh, I want to start by, uh, you know, Hank, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and, uh, kind of go through a, a real quick background on who you are. Hey, how you doing? Um, my name is uh, Henry Ciardo. I am Paul's brother. I uh, live in Southerton, PA. I'm a recovering addict for close to two years now. Uh, I have a two-year-old daughter. My life is a uh, hundred times better than it ever was. 
Paul said just now we came from the same past and uh, we both went in different directions, obviously. But, you know, we both made it out our own way. And you know what? I'm proud to have a brother like this. And, you know, it takes a lot of strength to get back on your feet after certain situations that happen in your life. So, like I said, he went his direction. I went mine. He dealt with his pain a certain way. I dealt with mine a certain way. And, you know, I struggled a bit, you know, growing up and coming through things and, you know, maturing, I guess, is that what you want to call it. You know, finally finding my place in this world, which is, you know, I'm happy about it right now. You know, I'm very content where I'm at. But, but um, it really comes down, Hank, that uh, we both but, figured uh, out how to how to leverage that survival mindset. And um, I, w- I want to ask you, I want to start this off by, um, I-, I want you to just explain to me, you know, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to you to be a survivor? Like, what is, how does that resonate to you? Well, in certain aspects of my life, I guess, like certain parts of it, the survivor, like, survivor... Like, it, it kicked out of me in different ways, I guess, if you want to call it. Like, between being an addict, it kicked out a certain way. When we were growing up, it was a completely different way. It was based on, I guess, fear and just, you know, trying to survive in a sense where you didn't know what was going to happen to you, you know? So I relied a lot on, like, you guys, like, you and, you know, our other brother as well for, like, you know, protection. Because I was little at the time, so I didn't really know what to do. So my mind actually went blank a lot when I was younger and I would try to block a lot of the stuff out. But regardless of that, I always remembered things that happened, but the fear is what initially kicked it in and said, Hey, you know what? You need to get through this. You need to become something. You need to become a better person. You gotta, you gotta get through this. But also that baggage was carried with me as I got older and you know, it affected me a lot, but at the same time, I still fought through that there was always a light at the end of the tunnel, which I couldn't reach. And eventually, you know, it took, it took a little time, but eventually I got to that light. And like I said, I'm in a better place now, but that survival instinct, it kicks in like when, like there's nothing, there's nothing. It's just, you, you can't go any farther. There's no more trap doors. There's no more bottom to anything that you can go through. You know, you hit the bottom, you think you hit the bottom, but you just keep falling. And eventually it just kicks in. You're just like, wait a minute. This, this, there's something, there's something, there's something better out there. There has to be something better out there. You know right. what I mean? And then you, go ahead, go ahead. Well, Hank, let me ask you. I mean, um, for me as a kid, you know, I dealt with, you know, certain types of abuse and, uh, always remembering, you know, when he was coming home and, you know, what it was going to be like, you know, my heart would race. I would, I would do, I would get my mind prepared. I mean, what was it like for you when you were a kid? Well, when I was a kid, I I just expected better. Like, I always tried to hope for, like, something that was going to be better. But, you know, it never was. You know, it was the same as you. Like, I would always think that there might be something coming home that would actually be, like, a father or, you know what I mean, instead of a monster walking through the door. And, uh, you know, I always try to see the best things in life. I always, I always try to see the better in people. But it, it just doesn't work out for me. So my fear would initially kick in when I saw like either your face or our mother's face or just the reaction from like downstairs and I would hear it and I would right away kick in like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? You know what I mean? And it was, it was more of a defensive kind of deal. Like I would, cause I was so little, like I didn't know I would, I would go behind. I would look for you guys. I would look for something to like take my mind out. Of it. 
You know what I mean? Just to like distract me from what was going on. So for you, surviving was uh, figuring out how to essentially bury that that uh, that chaos that was walking through the door, and you know you focused on other things. Exactly, exactly. I focused on the things around me, maybe play a game, maybe do something, distract you, or you distract me, or something. Just something other than what was going on. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, so now like getting to the, to the point where, you know, now you're getting bigger, you have a little bit more control. I mean, how did you deal with chaos in life? I mean, what did you do to, uh, try to, uh, essentially think of other things? Well, for me, like I said, I went into a totally different direction. I looked for, I I did self-destruction. That was a big part of my life. I, uh, I self-destructed. Like I, Basically, I time-bombed myself. Anything that would come up that was positive in my life, I self-sabotaged it because I never thought there was going to be anything good at the end at first. I, I, I wanted it to be, but it never happened like that. So, And I and I always thought, you know, it was always at arm's reach, and then I would just say, screw it, and just stop. You know what I mean? It was one of them things. Like, I would reach for something and then just say, nah, I can't do it, and just self-sabotage myself. And that's how I would actually hide my pain because... In a sense, I, I never worked through it. So all the things that might have happened, that actually happened to us when we were young, I'm sorry, that you know caused all this in my life, I just I never dealt with it. I never worked through it. Like I would always push it down and distract myself with something else. Say like a drug. Say a drink. Say any anything, anything I could do just to distract myself with. That's what that was my retreat. That was my way of you know forgetting instead of actually focusing on what was actually de- bothering me and dealing with it. So, uh, so the way you called upon your survival instinct was, you know, you, uh, you distracted your mind, you distracted your mind by calling upon other things, um, such as games or even drugs in this case. And you said, look, that chaos, I I don't want to focus on it. I don't, I don't want to deal with it. I just want to. I just want to put it into a place where, you know, it's just going to be, it's going to be there on its own. I'm not going to think about it. And then you, you know, you mentioned you turned to drugs and, you know, how did that make you feel? I mean, what did that do to your mindset? I mean, how did it, how did it actually just push away all the chaos? How did it, how did it make you forget? Well, that's the thing with addiction. It's it's instant gratification. It's not meant to cover anything up. It's meant to, at the moment, take it away. So, when you're continuously hurting and continuously worrying about things and, and continuously thinking about the past, that instant gratification of using something like alcohol or drugs or whatever the hell it may be at the time, like it didn't really matter. I was addicted to everything. So it really didn't matter. So at that moment, when I did something, it would take away that feeling. It would take away that, damn, you know, when I was growing up, like I could have done something or I, I wish I was better, this and that. It would take that away. So today... Today's a different story, but like I said, but then it's just, it was just really rough, like growing up like that, because I'm watching like everybody around me evolve from it and do their thing, you know, and it's, and that, that in turn also affected me because I couldn't deal with the things that everybody else in my family were dealing with the way they dealt with it. I dealt with it negatively, you know what I mean? So like I said, it affected me in such a way that it it carried on through my life. It, It wasn't just with the drugs and everything. It was just anything I would do, you know, like I, I would go reach for like a better job, a better position and eventually fail because I would actually sabotage myself because it was ingrained in me to, to think that I'm not good enough. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. So Hank, what so, we're going to do is we're, we're going to, uh, we're actually going to take a quick break, but you know, uh, when we get back for the break, I want to actually unravel this a little bit because there's people out there that are dealing with, you know, debt, stress, bad jobs, chaos, dealing with, you know, uh, drug addiction, whatever other addictions and so on. And it's actually a survival technique. If you think about it, I mean, it's a, it's a way of dealing with chaos by, you know, distracting your mind by, you know, focusing on these negative events for instant gratification. So, um, so let's do this. We're going to take a, take a quick break. And when we get back, I want to dive into that a little bit better. Okay. Okay. On August 12, 2019, you have an opportunity to take control. Control of how you will succeed at the business of life. For too long, hack mentors have promised you the easy path to wealth using their unsupported methods, even though the only way is through hard work and surrounding yourself with people that have actually done it. Paul Ciarto, serial entrepreneur and mentor, will be kicking off a 90-day growth program with his team for those that need it most. He'll be supporting only 30 qualified mentees with doubling their business value through on-site learning sessions, online classroom work, and cohort-based mentoring. Paul Ciarto is here to break the promise trap. Are you ready to succeed? See if you qualify to attend by completing the test at promisetrap.com. And if selected, your life will change forever. If you want to succeed at the business of life, you need a strategic roadmap and the ability to communicate your values to the world through your stories. Here at Bold Worldwide, that is what we do. From startups to Fortune 100 companies, we take you from where you are today to where you will be in the future. And we take you there faster than you would be able to do so by yourself. To learn more, visit boldworldwide.com and start succeeding at the business of life. So we're back on the air with uh, my brother, Henry Ciardo. Uh, I call him Hank for short. And uh, again, the reason why I asked my brother to come on is because I have gone through some serious chaos in life, both personally, both uh, in business, and I have been able to you know, extract the survival instinct and apply it to every single thing I do. I just don't quit. And, you know, for some reason I have figured out how to, you know, focus on the positive aspects in life, uh, really have that drive me to, uh, continued success. And before we jumped on the break, um, Hank was going through how he essentially, instead of focusing on the positive aspects, he diverted to these negative aspects. And, um, you know, I want, to kind of like understand from Hank that, you know, why did you focus on the negative? Why didn't you just focus on the positive things? You know, kind of like what I was trying to do in, in essence, um, you know, why, what, what, what about the negative was essentially helped you to survive, helped you distract yourself from these, these chaotic uh, occurrences when we were kids. How did I distract myself from the chaotic occurrences when we were kids? Uh, my, me growing up, I felt like I was alone a lot. So I needed to find a companion that was never tired, never not there, always there when I needed him. It was just, and that was a big 
thing for me. Like I have, like addicts, I guess we, we have this hollow area in us that it just, that it has like this emptiness that we have to fill. Yeah, but the weird thing is you weren't always an addict. You weren't an addict as a kid. I mean, you, uh, you became an addict, you know, why did you become an addict? I mean, what was, the, what was good about the negative aspects of being an, an addict that, you know, filled this void and helped you survive? Well, the thing was, I was always an addict. If you think about it, when I was younger, I always wanted something. I always wanted some new toy. I always wanted something in my life to take my mind off of everything that was going on. Yeah. I'd always ask for something. You know, I always wanted something. So that thing always filled that little void for a little bit of moment that I had, that little bit of freedom I would get to get my mind away from everything that happened. So that's why I was always like that. But it, it, it grew dull, as obviously it would as a kid toys just become toys and then at this point you need something else to fill that void so I would consistently look for other things and then like I said becoming an addict was just inedible in my case because I used all the negativity in my life and I focused it on negative things so and I saw that as a means to escape I was like okay wow look at this it's getting me out of my head it's getting me where I want to be and but did you but you did you think it was negative at the time when you were starting it or did you just see it as a uh as a release and a way to survive. That's exactly what I thought of it as. Uh, a means to survive and become whole for, even if it's for a moment or two, just to become like, I feel normal for a, a moment or two where I didn't have that, that weight on my back. I'm carrying this huge baggage and I, won't, I don't have that no more. You know, even if it was for a minute or two, even if it was for 20 minutes or an hour, it didn't matter. It was gone for that amount of time. So when did you, yeah. when did you begin to realize that, you know, this, uh, this, uh, short short time span of uh gratification this you know and this like um essentially suppressing the chaos through drugs i mean when did you finally realize that hey this isn't working anymore you know i've i've actually become solely dependent upon this you know like was there a transition point for you where it went from survival to actually destruction like beyond self-destructing you know things you were doing if that it even actually, makes sense? <laughs> yeah, 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 it does. It happens for It happened a couple times in my life. You know, when I was younger, you know, it was, just, you know, simple things I would do, smoke weed or whatever it was, drinking and stuff. And as I got older, you know, I tried to focus on better things in my life. I, I had something positive in my life. Well, I thought it was positive. I'd been married at that time and, you know, doing what I had to do. And I thought everything was going right. But then, again, but the stuff that I didn't deal with, the trauma that I didn't deal with when I was younger, consistently crept up on me the stuff that was like the it's like the monster in the closet you know what i mean that's the, kind of the effect of it it's like that guy's just standing there in that closet waiting to jump out at you and you're just like trying to do everything you can or not notice the guy in the closet but then he's right there still staring at you you know and that's what kept on affecting me like it didn't matter what i did it didn't matter how good i was doing that guy was still standing there in that closet peering out at me i would jump out at that in my eyes yeah so and, and that's what I did. I just consistently, okay, then I went back to something else and I got, and it just kept on going. It was like a repetitive cycle. Like I would, I would, I would come, um, I, I would use, and then I would stop. And then I would think things are better. And then there, there is again in the closet. Okay, I mean, it happened again. And I would consistently do that over years, you know? So every so time finally, you, so every right. time you saw this, you know, this chaos in the closet, this like void in the closet that you uh, would have to face one day, you would turn to the drugs. Yeah, I would turn to something to fill that void to stop me from thinking about it and play the happy role for a while and, you know, get back on my feet and 
you might say, you know, because it was never consistent. I was never like a straight addict for like for for years on end. It was always it was always like for a certain amount of time it would stop. I would get better, and then something would happen, and it would happen again, and then it would it was like you know it would I would juggle for time like that. You know what I mean? And I never sat there and actually dealt with what was bothering me. You know, I never faced that guy in the closet. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, so what was your what was your turning point? I mean, what made you, you know, you've been clean for two years now. I mean, what made you switch switch off? I mean, what made you face these demons and turn to other things that were uh, were helping you su- to survive? Essentially. Well, I finally, uh, besides having a rude awakening by by my family, you know, my. By the way, Paul, I'm going to give you a shout out here, but you're like the best. I swear to God, I love you. Uh, my brother helped me a lot. And uh, my family showing support. My brother never giving up on me and actually giving me the opportunity, basically saying, hey, you know what? I'm not giving up on you. I love you. Like, that was huge for me. Because like I said, there was a long time ago in my life where when uh, I don't mean to throw you under the bus here, <laughs> you went away in my life. And at one point, you were like my blanket. You were like the guy who like was there no matter what. And that was big for me when I was growing up. That was always like, oh, my big brother is always there. And I always had you just to say, yeah, it's okay, it's okay. You know what I mean? Even though, you know, we had our fun when we were younger. But that was a big deal to me, like having that that support in, from your direction. I was huge for me. Because you were actually my only physical brother, like same mother, same father. We, we were very close growing up. So, these days, it's like it's a big deal for me now because you're there in my life and my family's in my life. And it took a while for me to like grasp that. If I'm gonna be wrong, I had a daughter, and I hate to say it, being an addict, even in full blown addiction, like nothing matters. I don't care who you are, nothing matters. I mean, as much as you love that child and everything else, still that addiction just is like overwhelming. It's destructive. It destroys everything, man it was still the means to stop everything in my, in my head. You know what I mean? But it took a real rude awakening to realize that, you know what? Hey, this is, this is it. This is either you, you die now or you actually become the person you should be. Start living your life. And that was my biggest change. That was big. That was my biggest, you know, flip in my life. Uh, where I was able to do an actual 180 for once in my life and, and deal with the issues of our, my past and our past. So it's I've I've grown I've grown a lot and I've I've dealt with a lot of things. I've dealt with our father. I've dealt with the monster in the closet, as I like to call him. You know, and you know, worked through a lot of things about what happened to us. And there's a lot of trauma there. There's a lot of trauma going on. And you know, we still have somebody else in our life in particular. I don't like to say her name, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you got to this point where, you know, there was a turning point and yeah. you began to focus on positive things instead of the negative things to deal with yeah. the past. And, uh, as I have stated, you know, in previous weeks, you know, for me, I focused on, you know, essentially inventorying all the negative things. I went through a, a yeah. model where I really recognized I didn't let the negative things control me. You know, I, I, I focused on creating a plan of action. You know, I focused on creating a model of how do I deal with every single negative thing in a positive manner? How do I see the positive light? 
in what we're doing. Um, so, so for you, I mean, it's been two years. Um, how do you, how do you continue today with that survival mindset? I mean, in the past, it was the negative thing, negative things that actually helped distract you. I mean, how are you building a model where positive things today are helping to distract you? Or is it a completely different story? Is it a story where you're no longer in need for distraction? You've, you've come to the point of facing you know, the monster, facing that chaos and saying, hey, look, I sat back and I created an inventory of all the negative things and I'm choosing to create a plan forward. I mean, what was it for you? Well, that, that's kind of, that's kind of, kind of hit the nail on the head. Like, like I said, I went through some really, really traumatic things. I dealt with a lot of things. Like I was able to, you know, deal with a lot of things of our past and, and basically work through it in a sense. But at the same time, like I kind of did what you did. I inventoried what was actually important to me in my life. You know, I have a family now. I have, I have a kid. I have a, I have a place to live. You know, I got things that I've never had in my life. You know what? And I've, I, I measured them like on a scale. Like I've died them. Like what is more important? You know, is my, is me, me as like, you know, you know, whatever I am right now, this whole like stuff that I dealt with in my past and stuff, is that really more important than what's going on in my life now? Like, I have a child to raise. I have somebody actually looking up to me for once, which is, which is unbelievable. I can't believe it. You know what I mean? Like I, I really measured, I really weighed it out. And then I realized, you know what? I need to work on this just so this really outweighs this. So I went and actually worked on myself, worked on a trauma, faced it, you know, talked about it, brought up everything that happened, you know what I mean? And really like faced the monster. He even faced the monster, you know, verbally over the phone already. You know what I mean? And I, it just seems irrelevant at this point because now that I'm 40 years old, it's it seems like that now. It's just like, wow, like really, was I this scared? Like, was I really carrying this much weight on my back? You know what I mean? And now today, I actually do focus on the positives. It's more like, you know what, I, I might be able to get a, a promotion at work. You know what, I might be able to help help my brother do something one day. You know what I mean? I actually might be able to help them do something instead of them helping me and actually become productive in their lives for once. You know, and that actually gives me a lot of energy and a lot of focus now. Yeah, so, so. Hank, it's, it's really interesting to hear that because um, so I deal with so many people on a daily basis that, you know, they're, you know, they, 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 I say, what is your monster? Identify that monster for me. And a lot of people sit back and say, I have that. I have a bad boss. You know, my kids drive me insane and so on and so on. And the reality is, you know, surviving those, you know, little baby monsters, you know, I wouldn't even call them monsters. They're distractions in life. And, you know, to cr really create a survival mindset for that, it's freaking easy. I mean, come on now. I mean, when you're dealing with people that have gone through abuse and gone through chaos and real, you know, uh, tragic situations in life, I mean, that those are eye openers and it, 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 people should sit back and say, wow, it's not that bad. And, you know, I, I focus on this mindset rule of, uh, you know, focusing on what you have today and, you know, really attacking who you are and what you have today and stop focusing on what you don't have. So stop focusing on the debt that you wish you didn't have and really inventory what you have, you know, really go down the path of identifying what's negative in your life. You need to attack it full force. You need to visualize how to fix it. You need to create a plan of action on how to proceed forward with only one focus, succeeding at the business of life. So, Hank, what we're going to do is um, 
I really appreciate you coming on the show, Hank. And uh, as always, I love you, bro. And, uh, you know, I'm here for you. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate you sharing the story. And for those of you out there, again, survival, it's instinctual. You know, yeah. failing is a choice. So d- don't don't sit back and uh, think that it's over. Attack at full force. And uh, no matter what, you're going to survive. We'll, we'll, t- we'll talk to you again next week.